Yeah. Okay? It's not it's not at all logical. It's just this fear of I don't know, being bad or something. So if I hurt someone, I'm bad. If I hurt someone, I feel guilty. I had that ingrained in me pretty young, I guess. And so that's that's why I've I had a hard time with dating because it's fear of hurting people. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, it's not even as much about there is fear of being rejected, but I I almost dreaded it more when I was out with someone. I realized it wasn't a good match. Because then I was gonna have to let them down or that I was gonna have to tell them sorry and I hated that worse. I hate I always hated that worse than So wait, so let me ask this. So okay, so let's say you've been dating someone for a little bit of time, a few months or something, and you're kinda not not as into it anymore and you kind of see the end from your perspective at least is kinda kinda around the corner and you're out and you're kind of thinking about Oh man, I, you're just stressed and anxious about knowing that they're not the right one. And then, what if one of them was to say, "Hey, so Brandon, I've been thinking about this, and I don't think you're the right one for me. So we're gonna need to break up." How would that make? Would that? How would that make you feel? Well, I, I might be surprised if I didn't see it coming, but at least right now, when I consider it, I, I think I'd be relieved. Because there's some. Because there's there is a level of kind of pride that sometimes kicks in the second. You can't have something, you know, because I think I I've had that too, where there's been an instant like they've hit me before I was going to, you know, or they dumped me before I was going to dump them. And then all of a sudden it just flipped me, flipped my illness of pride or whatever, but it changed everything. And all of a sudden I kind of want to be with them and I'm kind of almost obsessively wanting to be with them, you know. So and I, as I've gotten older, I realize that's that's just this ego, you know, a pride messing with me. As well, what you can't have yeah yeah i think that's more conventional and and there's that too the aspect of um when you feel like it's threatened to go away is when you're going to grip onto it a little tighter mm -hmm. um but man i don't know the 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 fear of having to tell them that yeah it's it was it kept me you know it, it's the kind of thing that would keep me up at night who have like, you I, um who have you who would you say? Is there a specific person that you've that you've actually broken up with that um, you felt? I mean, the feeling has come to fruition. Like the the. Well, it didn't help. My first, the first girlfriend I broke up with in high school. Mm -hmm. I was surprised. Like I didn't, I didn't know this was coming, and I mean, I was rejected in like junior high and ninth grade, and you know, I felt sad because the girl like didn't like me, mm -hmm. but. I was never in a proper relationship actually until, oh, officially until I was probably junior. Mm -hmm. And so I'm 16 and I'm, I'm went on a few dates with this girl that I, her friend set us up. I, I really didn't really like her that much, but we went out and we went through the motions. My first kiss, watched Saturday Night Live. It was cute. It was nice, but mm -hmm. I remember driving her home once and I just said, and I'm just, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel it. I don't really think yeah. this is the, this is the right, the right match. And she started to cry mm -hmm. and it was in the dark. We we're driving at night and I heard these and I'm like, holy sh And each one, it felt like a stab to the gut. Mm -hmm. like, I yeah. felt so guilty. 
and and I've always felt guilty. Um, there have been some relationships as an adult that it just kind of faded away or it was wearing on us both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were actually a little easier because we just kind of both knew. Yeah. It wasn't working. We were like, we weren't happy anymore kind of thing. We were, we were uh, kind of squabbling about, we just we're, weren't having a good time. So, okay, this isn't working. We, we both saw it. Um, what, what I've since been most concerned about is just going on a first date, like mm-hmm. getting past the point where I meet them and, and then we're out. And there were some that it's like, I don't know, maybe my body language kind of gave it away so it really wasn't necessary. Yeah. But I remember having to tell one, actually it was via a Zoom call. I'm sorry, I'm just, and I felt so bad. I actually yeah. got teared up and I didn't even like this person. She was mm-hmm. a sweet girl. I mean, there's not, it's not like I didn't like her, but yeah. you know, I just didn't think it was, it was a match. And I guess that was my bad for swiping right, so to speak. No, I mean, but you never, you just don't know. And I, I know a lot of times when I swipe right, that it's just like the odds of it actually becoming something are, I mean, honestly, pretty, I mean, are really, really low because for one, you two have to like the physical thing has to be compatible in person, not just with through filters and angles, you know, and the temperament and all that stuff. And just, you know, you, and also too, just like you said, you can like a person and respect them and think they're an amazing human being, but that doesn't mean you want to be with them because, I think, I don't know, I, I look at relationships at this point, like, it's got to really be something for me to uproot mm-hmm. kind of my, what I've, I've got going on. I'm not even saying what I got going on is amazing. It's just, I'd rather be in this than in something that's, you know, kind of mm-hmm. limiting, right? Because at least in a solo, you can, it's kind of, you still get to make mm-hmm. decisions, you know, but when you're in something, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. yeah when you're solo, you can just buy a used RV and travel the country. You, you could do that, you know, you could do that. Or you could just watch Netflix all day or whatever. The other day I watched, have you watched You on Netflix? I refuse. Why? No. Well, uh-huh. it's it's one of those shows that annoy me uh-huh. um, right, right out of the gate. Um, Casey told me about it mm-hmm. and, and she's like, Oh yeah, it's really popular. Girls love that guy. Yeah. yeah and I'm like, yeah, they love a killer, don't they? Mm-hmm. And then I just get cynical about the female psyche because it's, um, it frustrates me. Mm-hmm. It wait, frustrates wait, what? me. What the, the, like the, what girl, women love a bad boy kind of thing. Is that what you, not just a bad boy, but a murderer. Oh, you mean, like, oh, okay. Yeah. W- women are, I mean, this is a, whatever, just, Podcast about about murder. What's that? But I gotta live with it. Like that's just women are amazing, and obviously, you know, whatever they're they're everything. But they're but those 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 uh, I don't know, illogical or unreasonable or seemingly self defeating Mm -hmm. uh, tendencies. They just they, they 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 frustrate me. Probably frustrated me more when I was single and trying to find someone. Mm-hmm. And then I'd see someone and then I'd see women gushing over like a very bad person. And I'm like, that sucks. You, <laughs> you know, like maybe a little, maybe a little resentment in there at the yeah. time. And now I, now I have a, a great girlfriend and it's still, it kind of does still make me shake my head that why would women gush over a killer? 
Well, I, I don't. Okay. So, I, I mean, there's a, there's different layers to this onion because I have noticed that a lot of women are really into true crime podcasts or true crime shows and stuff. You know what I mean? I just don't know a lot of dudes that are that obsessed with just your average run of the mill true crime podcast. Now you get some kind of serial or something big, like, of course, that's just a cultural thing. Everybody's kind of into it, but that, and so I have noticed that, but I think it's to me, I mean, I think it's an entertainment. uh, um, To attract to the, to the entertainment of it, but not necessarily the real life aspect. I don't think women are out looking for, you know, killers. You know, I think that well, there's something well, about that type of show that's kind of like du- dudes. I mean, there's a lot of shows that we're just kind of drawn to. It doesn't mean we necessarily want to live that life, but we maybe, you know, like I'm not trying to, you know, be a gangster, but I appreciate it. I mean, I like The Sopranos, you know, <laughs> so or. Yeah, but you don't fantasize about being with. Um, I don't know. It doesn't work. It doesn't work on the other shoe. It, the, 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 the straight male, straight female. You, it, it's a it's a double standard. Okay, well, you, so you, wait, you can't reverse it. Are you okay? For let's do two two different things here. Okay, so didn't women TV have the same attraction side. to um, Dexter? Uh-huh. The, the, okay, the the TV show on one side, and then real life on one side. So the TV show, like I'm attracted to shitty people in TV shows all the time, just because of the they've got charisma or they're attractive or whatever. Like charisma. Oh, and plus every show that's got a bad guy, they make them likable in some way or I mean, not, you know what I mean? For the most part, the worst person they are, they kind of give them some quality to balance it out a little bit. So there's some sort of draw. So TV, I think we're all probably guilty of it a little bit, but on in real like real life murderers, I don't think women are really attracted to real life murderers. Well, there's some of that actually. Well, I mean, um, okay, a little bit, teeny bit. There's some of that, and there's like oh, zero right. men that are going and you know looking for women will marry men who are in jail. So that that has happened. Um, yeah, let me tell you, if if I was if Charlie Theron played the character from Monster but looked like Charlie Theron, I mean, I'd be a fan. Just saying, I kid, but I uh, I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. women um apparently are are into the the character from that show um it that's just the way they are i guess um he's a he's kind of a he's a psycho right he's kind well, of a psycho here's the thing he's got charisma he's good looking god I, why am i blanking on his name i, I actually know the guy's name I'll think whatever. Uh, but no, but he's good looking, got charisma. He's got expertise in certain things. I mean, he's super creepy and he does crazy shit, but it's balanced out by all this other stuff. And I think that if he looked like Steve Buscemi, I don't think women would be all into him. I think it's a lot of it is just the looks. You know, it's not well, necessarily that's, that he's a killer. That's what that's what gets me is it. To me, it wouldn't balance out. Yeah. But apparently, women can overlook murder. Okay, his name's Pin, Pin Badgley. Okay, who, who's an actress? Is there an actress that you find extremely attractive? Certainly. Who? Do you, can you think of one offhand? 
you know, this is old, so it's it's 20 years old, but I, I loved I loved uh, Elizabeth Hurley. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, American, the one American in Austin Powers. Powers. Oh, Austin, oh, that one, Austin Powers. I was going to go with the American Beauty Woman, but uh, foreign, the, the Russian, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, American. American, you know? American, oh, uh, uh, American, American Pie. Pie. That's American, American, American Pie. Pie. Yeah, That's yeah, what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Hurley, yes. Okay, so Elizabeth Hurley, if you see her in a TV show, and she's a serial and she's murdering dudes would you suddenly not be attracted to her if her character was like charismatic There's no way i would want a relationship with someone like that but i think you're i think you're you're taking an attraction to a character in a tv show and adding that to their like that's an actor acting in the show it's not like they're not actually attracted to the if that person was in real life i don't think they'd be attracted to him you know they mm. so you're saying they just like the actor. They don't like the character. Yeah, his name. Yeah, Penn Badgley, by the way, is is his name. And um, yeah, because he, he's just he's just a good looking dude, and he's got a great voice and a great. He's just very one of his things he does. He repairs old books, so he's very um, what is uh, not precise, but he's very methodical in how he and and very you know safe and and also part of what they do in the show is they have him being very protective so if he sees somebody as a threat or something to this woman that he likes um he will protect them at all costs so there's a protective nature about him too um so i get why women are attracted to the character but i don't think it would transfer to real life why do you like the show well well one he's great i do love i love shows that have charismatic characters that are that are that have depth to them and his character has a lot of depth and range and it's just kind of different and i've watched all three seasons i watched the i don't know on a, i watched the third season all in one day like a lot over the last couple of weeks it was one one day i just didn't have anything to do and it it goes to these other plays like every season is a little different and this one was just wild and it's just an entertaining show that I don't know it's just entertaining and it's well written well acted and also kind of it's a little soapy soap opera-y which I have mm -hmm. a history of like loving those type of shows you know soap operas like Smallville was one of my shows back in the day but I love it when it's a little over the top kind of cheesy but has anyway so so yeah I just I just and you know after a while with tv shows or movies I'm not as into movies anymore because it's a two-hour experience and almost by the time you get to know the person, you're saying bye to the person or the characters mm -hmm. or the story. Whereas with TV, you kind of get to once a year, get to hang out with them. And now hanging out with the serial killer, it's not necessarily the ideal companion, but it's just the familiarity of the world. Like there's shows that I'm not even that into, but when a new season comes out, it's like, oh yeah, this is kind of familiar. Hey, what's up, man? You know? And then, I understand. And then when it's over, there's this nostalgia of, it being over and it's kind mm -hmm. of like the end of relationships back to relationships so it's just to show that if they keep making these i'll watch them because it's just interesting enough you know so anyway we just rambled on about all <laughs> so relationship wise so so yeah um oh, thought i heard something so yeah what uh what are you thinking about relationships <laughs> Are you wanting to uh, you know, expound on anything? I think 
they're they're tricky in their work and I'm happy to have found found one mm-hmm. um, and I think when some when people make it work others are are genuinely happy for them besides mm-hmm. the people who might be you know affected in a negative way like I wanted her and you got, you know, like there might be a few people like that. Um, but most people in general, we'd like to see an old couple. Don't do we not? We'd like to see a 50 year wedding anniversary, right? We like these things. Um, well, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me not, I don't want to keep interrupting you after I've asked you a question, but when you see people, when you, when you see people who've been together for 50 years, what do you, what is your initial thought? like they look at time through that other person mm-hmm. you know 10 years ago she was old but she wasn't but she st- but she didn't have a white perm right you know and 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 in a decade before that she just became a grandma and a decade before that we watched our kids graduate high school and a decade before that we um we were just a young couple in our 30s and a decade before that i met her at the dance you know mm-hmm. like one can have a whole other time capsule or or you know how they do like the the ice cores they drill down into the ice yeah, to see like yeah. time you can do the same thing obviously with a tree or with a rock sample mm-hmm. and that person is your your time capsule or your your time core where you can through them you can remember mm-hmm. they're all all, all kinds and then they have that union to have and no one else will know you better than this individual yeah. at least and when you're that age, maybe a sibling, but no one like a, a, a you know intimate partner. Yeah. So I, I see it as a great, you know, and, and it may have been full of unhappiness. I mean, who, I have no idea. But I look, I try to think of the bright side and think, wow, that there's a so much. Yeah. So much there, and I envy it. I, I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. If you can have that. Um. I think if you can find a life partner and really build something with that individual, that that is heads and shoulders better than, you know, the freedom Mm -hmm. of being able to do what you want or see, see other people or have different experiences with different intimate partners. Now it's better to do that than be in an unhappy relationship for a long time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But if you can find someone and build something over the long, that to me, that's that's the optimal. That's the that's it. Yeah. There. But I think that yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent that if you can find that person, then it's not it's a no brainer. You know, it's just a matter of finding that person. And um, <coughs> I think that due to impatience or just how we're wired so many of us i think settle for you know and i've probably said this before i'm probably on this pod because i say it all the time because it's just such a good analogy have i the john mayer uh blackjack i feel like i've said this too <laughs> i've said this on here the blackjack analogy that john mayer had the song um talking about a woman he, he says um he says you might not be the perfect hand but i don't hit on 19. Mm-hmm. you know and so while I agree, 19's a really, really good hand. And a 19 or 20, that's probably, that's 
probably close to that's probably a happy, happy life. But when you're holding out on a 15, you know, or a 16, I mean, you're kind of that's probably a life where you have a whole lot of regret because you know to go up just a couple points or a couple, you know, I don't mean points, I mean compatibility points. Mm-hmm. You could have lived a lot more yeah. happier life. And yeah. how close do you think you've been to a 21, to a blackjack? Up, up, to, up to this point, up to up to up to before your, you know, mostly up your, your life before your most current relationship. I think if I would have met her, we would have been married. No, but I mean, but, what's the best? What's the highest you think you've gotten? You know, like your best relationship was what on a black scale of zero to 21? Well, let's just so be real. I, I, I have to say the one I'm in. No, no, I don't mean the one. No, let's just talk about. No, what my question is, let's say you dated a girl in, uh, you know, 10 years ago. Would she have been a 16 or like a nine? You know, what, what before your most recent relationship, how high do you think you got? How close do you did you get to 21? Do you think? Not super close. Yeah. Um, I didn't date a lot of. I've I've had a lot of short relationships. I yeah. haven't had a typical. I'm 40 and I've never been engaged. I've never lived with anyone. I've I've met a lot of people out for. It's like. I didn't even. I wasn't that super active in online dating either. But I I maybe I meet someone salsa dancing or I would meet someone online or. You know, you meet someone when you're traveling and that's 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 pretty much right from the start, not gonna last yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um I most of my adult life was single. Mm-hmm. So I've had a I, I've been averse to relationships. That's been my problem. Mm-hmm. I've been a, averse to them. I've wanted them, but I've been either very afraid to approach women I've I've been interested in or settled with ones that I, I haven't been super interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've encountered them and it was sweet and it felt okay. So there's that. Um, but then they didn't last f- super long or I was always one foot in one foot out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just a, a series of um, or a history of fearing um yeah just having a hard time with the dating game because of the exposure putting myself out there yeah um opening myself up to somebody i i took me a long time to be able to do that i i had um oh so i had a tough upbringing in it and i and i i kind of put on a, a show and, and I kept that show. Mm-hmm. And it also warped my perception of what kind of woman I wanted. And so I became really picky. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I would settle because I was lonely. Yeah, yeah. So, or, or, do you think you, do you, think you actually maybe didn't go for the, the ones that could be right subconsciously maybe because you were afraid of, of real connection. So you went for ones that you knew weren't really that good of a connection because it was safer. I went with 
Well, I, I knew so little about living my genuine self, mm -hmm. having put on this front that I didn't really didn't even know who I would match well with. And when I yeah. thought I did, or when I thought I spotted such a woman, it was largely superficial because I never really even got to know her. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, I put her up on this pedestal, like, and then I could, and then I couldn't even interact with her. I mean, I might as well have been trying to talk to like God or an angel, just like this yeah. bright light that was impossible to even approach. Yeah. So there was a chance. I really had no chance. Yeah. I did get to know some, some wonderful women. Um, but I wasn't able to open up to them or maybe it wasn't right from the start. Mm -hmm. um, so nothing ever lasted. Yeah. And looking back on it, I, 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 I was never, I dated this one woman and yeah, I, I just confused the heck out of her because I just kind of got really, I don't, it, it got to a point where I think it was like getting real. Mm -hmm. And then I freaked, you know, yeah. Um, and it wasn't because I didn't want to be with someone. It was because I had to then really show up for somebody mm -hmm. and to really be there with someone. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I, I've had, I've had problems with that kind of, uh, presence. Yeah. And, 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 and I found it wait, very, very intense. So then I started coming up with excuses to back out and, um, and it would, it would manifest as actual disinterest in this person. Mm -hmm. So I would just kind of, I don't know, either fade, fade away or, um, you know, have a conversation about it not working. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's sad. It's, it's not, it's not a very exciting or, or, um, I think, you know, while all our journeys, eventful, it's kind of a lot of touch and go, mm -hmm. a lot of fits and starts. And it's, it's a little disappointing, actually. It's kind of sad. I, I wish I was more available. But to, you know, you, you to have a better experience connecting with women, but I just connecting with people. This yeah. is beyond relationships with women. It's 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 about people. It's about opportunities. It's about but that that um that kind of dissociation. Yeah, define my my early and my 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 twenties and even most of my thirties. You know, I I do think that while we all have our own specific issues or whatever uh, problems dating or connecting i do think that like i said while they're in while we have our own we all kind of have them you know i don't know many people who date in healthy ways who have healthy tendencies because the shit's hard and there's so much pressure from if we could just not be lonely not need help with life not need physical intimacy um and not need someone to help pay the bills, you know, I think that if we could just wait all that out, it, then we'd be more likely to find somebody. But but we do have all those things weighing on us and just, just trauma and just different things. So we we it's we're fighting through. Basically, we're trying to find a buoy in an ocean full of just sharks and seaweed and rip tides and rip currents, whatever, all that stuff. So 
I think that while we all feel like we're alone out there in the ocean, we're all kind of in the same ocean. You know, I mean, I look back at my history. I mean, I had crushes and little moments here and there growing up in high school or whatever, but and even college, but I didn't have my first girlfriend till my last semester of college. I was a five year senior. So I was mm-hmm. 22 before I had my 21, 22, before I had my first girlfriend, girlfriend, you know, where we were together for, you know, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. I remember we were together during 9-11. Um, so yeah, so to, anyway, but yeah, so, and then, and I, by that time, I think I had had it in my head that I was always going to be this guy who couldn't get the girl, you know, this lonely guy who just all he wants is love, you know, so I romanticize things. But then when I kind of look back at it, I was in a couple really good relationships in my 20s, and I was the one who got bored and moved on. You know, I was the one who kind of had this free spirit and decided, hey, I'm in a relationship that's going really well, been at it for a couple of years, but, you know, I'm just going to move to San Diego. So uh, I'll, I'll, I love you. But I'm just going to go to San Diego and, you know, and so and I've been in a couple others that have just been good. But I've so, you know, I was thinking as I asked you the question about the blackjack, it I was trying to, you know, kind of think about where I would say. And I think it's kind of not it's not that I could ever give a woman like say she was she was a 15 or she was 18 or she was a 21 or whatever, I think there's kind of this flaw in the system for me and this i'm going to go a little tangent and then i'll bring it back and i may have this is another thing i may have said already but when i was young uh, i was 17 or something i went on a cruise um and i was there with my mom and it was a class reunion so it was all she just got me on because she organized it got a discount so i'm there with a bunch of old people i'm 17 i don't party i don't know anybody old old what's that old she you said it was her 20-year class reunion no, 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 no. It was just her. No, she was. They were probably in their sixties at the time, or fifties. Oh, 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 okay, okay. No, no, no. They weren't. I thought it was a twenty-year reunion. I'm yeah, like, dude, that's yeah. younger than us now. Yeah, no, I would have thought that was old. I guess at that time. But anyway, so I'm alone, and I'm playing. And I spent some time playing uh, solitaire. And I was playing solitaire. I remember one day. It was a beautiful day. We're on the ocean, and I'm just I'm start playing just kind of for fun out on the deck, whatever. But I can't win. And I, I'm just kind of obsessed with why can't I fucking win? So I ended up, I remember going back and like playing in the cabin. Like I spent most of the day playing blackjack. Just I was like, okay, once I win, I'll stop. But I, not blackjack. Or solitaire, solitaire. Sorry, solitaire. Well, I played all day. And then I eventually went back to the cabin. And I still haven't won. But I look on the floor and I see one of the cards. Some of the cards is spilled on the floor. And you cannot win at solitaire unless you have all the cards so i think that blackjack kind of analogy for me i haven't had uh, all the cards i won't say a full deck i haven't had all the cards so i've been out there trying to find a blackjack but i'm only dealing like i'm not capable of even getting a 21 that, because i'm not that would that's a great old. analogy that that, that would have been me until recently yeah so i think I, i've been just kind of wanting to hit a blackjack but I haven't been capable of even mm. getting there in, from my perspective. Like my deck hasn't been anyway. Uh, there was one girl. I, uh, I she was someone who this was years ago. But we just we didn't really date. We just kind of you know late night kind of whatever hangouts, hookups, whatever. Real sweet girl. But at one point for either Christmas or my birthday, she bought me a book, and I'm in my thirties at this point. And she bought me a book, 
and I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, The Giving Tree, you know that story? The Giving Tree? That sounds familiar, but I don't know it off the top of my it's head. It's an illustrated book. And I'm like, why are you giving me this? You know, and I read it and the uh, and the the, the storyline is that there's this little boy who has this tree that he plays with when he's a kid. And so it, as a kid gets older, he needs stuff like I don't, I don't remember how it goes exactly. But like, let's say he needs a bat, you know, for baseball. So the tree would cut off a limb and make a bat. He give him the, the mm. bat. Then he needed a house. So the tree would whatever. And by the end of the story, when the kid's an old man, the tree's just a just a stump. The tree gave everything to the kid, and I don't think the kid ever gave anything back. And I think the point was that, you know, the tree was there to help him. But I think, God, now I'm going to really sound like an asshole if I can't remember the moral of the story. But I, I basically took it as her saying that I'm just taking, taking, taking. But what am I giving? And I was not giving. I was just taking of, of her, you know, I was just kind of using her. And I kind of think now, I mean, I, there's got to be a... Your relationship, only relationship that works where you're both giving and it's a balance in the giving. And then I'd be giving the same things, but you give of what you have. And um, yeah, so I, yeah, but I laugh, I think about that and I just kind of laugh because she just did it. So it's like, here you go, here's a drawing, here's an illustrated book. And just with a very direct message that I was selfish. And uh, yeah. Did you get offended then after you read it? No, I think at the time, and it, and look, this wasn't something I, I was super in, you know, we weren't super close or tight, but we had good conversations and stuff. But I think it was her not even being an asshole. Maybe there was a little part in there just, but I think more of it, she was really just trying to give me an insight that if I wanted to be in something meaningful, I did have to realize that I was doing a lot more taking and I needed to do more giving. And being an only child, it's not an excuse um, but I do think that there's some things I just see kind of almost just, I see through the eyes of someone who just kind of is just an only child and I kind of have certain selfish tendencies and it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm wanting to be, and, and you know, I, it's one of those, it's the kind of thing where you don't do it purposefully, but you have to, unless you are aware of it, if you're aware of it and then you keep doing it, that's on you. Mm -hmm. But it's not your fault for not necessarily being aware because you, I didn't yeah. have the certain external things. But now that I've people have kind of or life has made me aware of certain limitations I have or issues I have, I really try to be better at them uh, as much as I can. And that's all we can do is once we're made aware, we're like, OK, now this is what this is what I have to do to make up for this thing that I'm kind of not naturally wired to do you think she was conscious of the reason for giving you that book? Or I can't imagine maybe why. She, maybe, maybe it was subconscious. No, I mean, I'm in my mid-30s and she's giving me a book. Uh, like a, it's, I mean, it's an illustrated book that's probably given to kids. You know, I think it's to teach kids this lesson, not 35-year-old men, you know? Um, well, did she, did she, I mean, did she do anything to hint that that's why she gave it to you? Like, read this book, Paul. I, I think it's just implied that if if you give okay. somebody like if I give you a self-help book on how to, you know, uh, groom yeah. your Fu Manchu or your what, what handle, you know, then I think yeah. you realize you take it as I'm telling you that you could groom your, you know, or I how to know. brush your teeth, how to brush your teeth. Yeah. yeah. How to get rid of bad breath. <laughs> you go, like, I wonder why she gave me this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty, and I, I guess I can't even argue with her. I really. 
you know, and it was in between two relationships. I remember that now. I hadn't thought, but it was, it was probably there's a maybe a six month gap between two relationships, two long term relationships. The two women I've well lived with, I will say, for you know extended period of time, is between that. So you knew me. It was in Minnesota, and mm -hmm. uh, it was two, it was six months, and I was just kind of I think really kind of probably just out having some fun because you know, I was just single, you know. And anyway, that's probably enough of that story. Yeah, on our Arkansas trip, Casey and I had a breakthrough actually, which led to a breakup mm -hmm. and then a re re reunion. Um, Casey being your girlfriend, obviously. Mm -hmm. what, so what are you going to expound on, on that or am I just interrupting you pondering? Well, I'll just say... Um, Well, I'll just say that the, 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 the face or the, the barrier I put between me and others, um, showed itself and I had to break through that. And that was a very emotional experience. I actually broke down mm -hmm. and, um, what's interesting is that following that the next day, we were great. Like, wow, we got through that together. I love you, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was yeah. great. And then a couple of days later, there was like a whiplash and we broke up. Mm. And then a week after that, at, that breakup prompted me to do a lot of soul searching. Mm -hmm. Like it put me on the very exposed, like, holy cow. This is, this is where I'm at. Like, this is what's going on. I don't know. It's like, it's like you're in your cellar and the storm's going up, going on up there. Tornado's going around and you're just like, la di da di da <laughs> I'm fine down here. And then you're finally like, okay, you got to go get some food. Get the heck out of the cellar now. And you look at all the damage and it's like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I gotta face all this. I'd rather just go lollygag in my cellar somewhere. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. dude, get cleaning. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty. I was. Um, I was driven. Like I'm watching self-help videos on uh, like attachment styles, and uh, they're hitting home. Mm -hmm. They're hitting home. And then. Just shoot a week ago, not even. I wake up with this intense. After reaching out to her, but it being awkward because it's like, well, because the breakup was done in my in my heart with the understanding that I'm gonna go work on myself, mm -hmm. and I did. But she can't she can't wait around for that. Yeah, she doesn't know what's gonna happen as a result, and I let her know that. So she's she's moving on. She's trying to move on. It doesn't help for me to reach out to her. And I did, though, on that Wednesday night. And mm -hmm. she's like, ultimately, she's like, this doesn't help. Mm -hmm. This is not helping. This is not good for me to talk to you, you know. So we had to say, I had to say goodbye right there. And I feel kind of silly about even reaching out because all it did was make it. it. It's like reaching out to someone a week after you break up with them. It's like, mm -hmm. what, what, why? But yeah. I just felt, I don't know, I felt compelled. But it was probably more for me than for her. But the next morning, 
I wake up with this strong, I don't know, this uplifting affection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had told her that, I said to her once, you know, it's like the song, I want to know what love is, I want you to show me. Mm-hmm. You know that 80s song? I want you to show me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I was, I was, I was serious. I says, I want to know what love is, and I want you to show me because I don't know what love is. I've never been, I don't think, really, really in love. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. That song was in my head, along with like a music video like vision of her. <laughs> and um, I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't want to run back to her like. If it wasn't real, because you know, a, a situation like we were in was, there's no messing around. You're in or you're out, and you can't like any more of this, and it's over. Just because the integrity of the relationship has been so fractured, because mm-hmm. there's been so much back and forth. Because we had a similar situation last April, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't reach out to her, but then she reached out to me. And then out it came, like, I want to see you tonight. And then we ultimately, which happened a lot faster than I thought, because I thought yeah. she was going to be like, no, no, mm-hmm. you got to, you got to prove yourself. You got to really prove this because, but we did it um, fairly quickly. I guess, I guess my words had good conviction behind them. Mm-hmm. And um, I was motivated to once, once we decided to, give it another try, went on Facebook and made it official. And that's the, that's the thing that I want to maybe we, we talked about relationships yeah. and I, I talked about how people like others success in relationships. Like if you'll notice on Facebook, the ones that get the most attention and it's because too, Facebook is a network of people, you know, it's pretty meta actually. It's not. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not Twitter or Instagram where a lot of people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Facebook is almost all people you know. Yeah. So w- when there's an engagement announced and a, and a girl has her wedding ring or a new baby, those get, in general, the most, emo- the most engagement. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a picture of someone holding up a big fish, or a picture of, um, uh, look what I did, I designed this, or. Um, look where we're traveling, look at that view, or I got promoted at work, or although there's the, that, that would be pop, popular too. It's, it's, it's the life milestones, particularly ones around love and family. Yeah. So I've never been Facebook official with anyone. And I didn't even, I, I changed my status. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, it says you want to share it on your feed. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to post something. Uh, I'll just change my status. Mm-hmm. Well, it posts something for you. It, it just says in a relationship. It doesn't say mm-hmm. Brandon's in a relationship with so-and-so. It just says Brandon's in a relationship. It just says in a relationship. That's it. Yeah. Brandon updated his status to in a relationship. I've gotten 150 likes on that. <laughs> that is more than any other thing I've ever posted. And mm-hmm. I've posted long-winded Mm-hmm. Well thought out political posts, mm-hmm. stories that went on for hundreds of words, um, stories about 
powerful experiences interviewing homeless people, stories about people I've met in China and Tanzania, Cuba, like good stuff, stories about me interviewing my grandparents, like real heartfelt stuff. Yeah. But Brandon, we're glad to see you doing good. We're glad to see you in a relationship. That yeah. was number one. Like it, it tells me, you know, we're all so very connected in those fundamental ways. Mm -hmm. And that those are the, really the most important things in, in life. Um, that's that's the that's the first positive story I've heard about Facebook in a long time, you know. And I don't want to get, yeah, I want to make a point about that too. I, the <laughs> the the negativity around Facebook online and everything. I don't want to. I, I I'm so easily drawn into grandstanding. I have a real thing with getting triggered into wanting to give a little rant. Just like, the video, like the video you sent me, mm -hmm. but um, the Facebook hate is is largely bullshit. And it's like if you're going to get mad at social media, mm -hmm. Facebook. Like, have you seen what happens on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok? Like you have. Um, oh, man, like all kinds of threats of violence and um degeneracy and like girls and boys doing shit that is really putting them in compromising situations and like you don't and it's to strangers like facebook is facebook is friends it's like it's the safest place and you get the most encouragement if you're gonna get mad at a social media why would you get mad at facebook and i think i figured it out well, it's because because the New York Times reading, Twitter tweeting, you know, Instagram, they don't use Facebook. Facebook is for the blue collar, for the boomers, for the Christian middle America. And so it's easy to get after that because it's a class thing, I think. You know, it's, it's easy to crap on Facebook because Facebook is for losers. So that, yeah. that that's the only reason why you think people get upset with Facebook? There is legitimate reason to get mad at Facebook, just like there's legitimate reason to get mad at all the other. Mm -hmm. But Facebook gets by far the most hate. And I think it's because those people who hate on it are you know the loud ones. They don't use Facebook. So it's easy for them to get mad at something well, that they don't I, use anyway. I think what... Um... Plus Zuckerberg is not as cool as Jack Dorsey. And Zuckerberg has become... Like, no one, no one likes that guy. <laughs> well, no yeah. one likes the guy, and I don't. He hasn't done anything worse than any other. I don't think. See, I okay. Well, I think that um, I'm gonna just set Instagram aside because it's well, for one, Instagram is owned by Facebook, um, and I wasn't really on Instagram before it was on owned by Facebook. Um, and I do realize it's a lot. There's a lot of image conscience things that. Um, Instagram proliferates that's not good for you know people you know, self-image their self-image there's a lot of stuff that goes on Instagram but I'll set that aside because I I think the two that kind of you that like Twitter Twitter has plenty of shit talking and assholes and just bad people treating strangers poorly 
you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, lot of violence or a lot, lot of verbal violence. Just, it's, I have, I like, I love aspects of Twitter. I love when mm-hmm. there's a common thing like a TV show or a basketball game, sporting mm-hmm. event, and people just talk shit on it, right? But it's a group, like we're all just kind of having fun, just ripping this and it's, it's fun, it's playful. Um, I don't get into the dark stuff when people post things and it's just dark. But it is a bunch of strangers from all over getting in the mm-hmm. sand pit and just throwing some sand. And while it can be bad, I think that there's, you know, you kind of go in at your own risk, I would say. I know mm-hmm. not to trust a stranger giving me candy to a degree, right? There's mm-hmm. kind of a, I, I put that, kind of have that ingrained and wired into me. But precisely why you say Facebook is, is it's, it's only people you know. It's only people you trust. It's only people that you think have your best interest in mind. They give you the, the, the like because your relationship, because they like you. Mm-hmm. And most of the people I have on Facebook, I, I think that they like me. I'm not, I have an account, I'm not on there actively, but I think, and that's where the problem with Facebook really arises, is that when you get information from someone you trust and someone you think loves you, you're mm-hmm. more apt to believe it. Sure. And so, whereas Facebook, you know, um, what they've actively done is they have they don't and look i know when you have billions of people it's hard to monitor when things are false and when things are inaccurate you know you kind of want to put that on the individual to be um their own gatekeeper use Mm -hmm. logic and wisdom and whatever but i think what happens you have a lot of people who are just waiting who are very susceptible to misinformation coming from people that they trust and Facebook has done very little, if and if not to actually mm-hmm. redirect things to create sure. more conflict, to sure. create more. Because what happens is once somebody says, it's what I call in sports, the Skip Bayless effect. You know, mm-hmm. Skip Bayless mm-hmm. has been shitting on LeBron James for his entire career while doing nothing but, but you know, basically getting down on his knees for Tim Tebow, who was never uh, good at professional football, like never good, whereas LeBron is one of the greatest. But the reason he did it was because it caused people to to want to react. It causes that negative you know, response to trigger in people, and it gets the conversation going. And then the more more you talk shit on stuff that you know is wrong, mm-hmm. the more you're gonna have come at you. The more likes, the more whatever, more attention. Mm-hmm. And so Facebook pedals in that kind of stuff. They pedal in the dark arts of just creating sure. conflict, and they do it purposefully um because it's all algorithm based so i think that when you know when you're a billion dollar multi multi-billion dollar company you could just get paid off of likes i mean you, you the, the good stuff like promoting more positive or just not or just not necessarily staring at it all you're still fine but sure. the looks it's a greed and component to companies sure. like a facebook where they they know that this is detrimental to our society but yet mm-hmm. they still actively create those con- uh, unnecessary conflicts. And that's where I think, sure. and then they lie about it. So I think that Facebook is very complicit, uh, especially when you do think, and I'll wrap this up, but when you think about, you know, older people use this, like I'm 44 and I can't, there's some, like I don't get on TikTok and I don't get on Snapchat because it's over my head. I don't even like getting on, like, anyway. I know my limitations with what I can really control or understand. And mm-hmm. when you put somebody who's senior citizen who went 50 years of their life without internet, and now all of a sudden they're supposed to navigate what's real and what's not in Facebook, 
they're very susceptible to people sure. just trying to. So anyway, I think that face. Well, that's it. That's it. I, I've said what I have to say. That's I understand. I understand. I don't see how that's any different than other social media. Well, because I do think you have the um, because and, and Twitter, don't get me wrong. Twitter does have that, but it's from like you said, it's not the the the, the thing that's worse about. I think, well, Facebook is that it is people, you know, you know, it's people you trust. Twitter has problems, big problems, but I think it's more of a um, people know it's kind of that's what Twitter is. It's people just having opinions and talking this and that. Whereas Facebook, people peddle opinions around like they're fact. I don't think necessarily people on Twitter, people, people put their opinions out there, their thoughts, but they don't necessarily come at it with this is as much fact. It's more opinion. Whereas Facebook almost feels like the newspaper, whereas Twitter is the opinion page. Um, not say it's blameless, but I think that's more the way it's wired. It's if I tweet, it's me tweeting a thought. If I forward you something on Facebook, it's from this reputable source. That's, you know, and grandma sees that and it says like all her life, she's been getting the newspaper and the newspaper is, you know, she, she trusts the Norman transcript or the Star Tribune or the whatever. And this thing looks like it and has a feel of it. She's more likely to, to, it's, yeah. Um, Yeah, It's a, it's, it's an interesting theory. I I don't know if I buy it. yeah, because you know people, it could be it could mean that um it could mean that it's 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 more dangerous because it's 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 you know more wolves in sheep's clothing. And I think that, that face the fact it's the thing that makes it so much worse is that Facebook actively ha, well I mean has been pushing false information. They all do that, pushing lines. All. What's they that? All, they, they they just they push without being conscious of it, they push whatever gets more engagement. So if it's going to be a harmful thing, it gets pushed. YouTube does the same thing. I get, I get, I get, um, you know, if I watch, I'm surprised sometimes by what, by what they recommend for me, because I know that these companies in their ethos anyway, and their, 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 their mission statements and their, uh, what value statement they don't support this content that i'm seeing mm-hmm. but yet it gets sent to me because of the algorithm because yeah, the algorithm you, says you like this mm-hmm. or you watch you watch this fox news piece well here here's a really really right-wing guy talking yeah. bad about whatever and they and I, they send it to me and i'm like wow you i i, th- I thought you would have kicked this channel off by now but yes yeah, and well, recommend and not, it and- these these algorithms on all the social media they're gonna they're gonna show you what you're more likely to click they want engagement right so yeah and, and you know and let me let me actually back up a little bit because i don't know why i kind of i kind of was doing this and i don't know why i was kind of being i'm like trying to defend you know twitter or youtube we didn't bring that to stuff youtube or instagram i'm not trying to defend any of them i think they're all you know could do so much better mm-hmm. um and it is very just obvious of what they're doing. They just want right. the, the, the likes or the, the, right. the eyeballs because that's more for advertising. So I think they're all kind of pieces of shit, you know, and they've caught us in a time when um, we I don't think as a society we're really ready for this stuff. You know, we probably weren't ready for TV, radio or 
magazines either. The, but the difference, you know. though, the, the difference, though, with that is that you have TV, you have magazine. Okay, t TV, magazines, whatever, movies, all that. You kind of have them. I mean, actually, I mean, I mean, the thing about social media that is so um, it's more invasive. It's more invasive, and it's it's kind of uh, the death of expertise. Right. The Internet mm -hmm. has allowed us to all think we're experts, that we all have yep. this knowledge, that we all know, we all, you know, yep. it's, it, it's, it's not the it's not the United States of America phone. It's not the we phone. It's not the us phone. It's the iPhone. Right. I have all sure. the things I need in this phone to be sure. an expert, to be to have everything. I, I, I almost I don't need you. You I don't need information. I don't need the doctor or this only that. I don't, we don't need shit until we really, really need it. You know, up to that point, we're like, oh, I'm good. Like, I've got all my information, my sources, my research, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's just, and, and also, too, if you think about TV or movies or radio, they're almost this these analog things that yeah, you, they're less, they're less invasive. Yeah, you sit with, you're with, you mm -hmm. hear, but, but the digital world has just hyper, it's just fed everything up. And we don't have that enough. I don't know. That's another conversation. Maybe. Well, social media is going to look tame when down the road there are virtual reality. Well, maybe social media will become that because Zuckerberg just came out with Meta. Uh, but when there are virtual reality worlds and they, they can control not just what's before your eyes, not, not just what's in front of your eyes, but the environment you're in. Mm -hmm. Let us recommend what it's like here or there in the world. Let us recommend a food you can virtually try let us recommend and they can push all kinds of things like you shouldn't eat animals try this or here's what a slaughterhouse looks like or i guess i could do that with video too but when 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 it becomes immersive truly immersive not just i'm looking at it or listening to it but i'm in it yeah now whoever controls that media that live 4d media 4d being like i can feel it well that well, and yeah those those media companies are going to have even more control over propagandizing our, our our politics and beliefs so you know then we're going to look at opinions on facebook and twitter as being quaint like oh remember and then we'll have this so it's just going to continue on just like tv had a much more um uh gripping effect on us than books did Mm -hmm. Right. So it just keeps getting, you know, better and better or worse and worse. Uh, the potential just grows each time. Um, Somehow I and, and I got to raise good kids. Yeah. Got to raise good kids. Yeah. Got to raise good kids. Be good parents. That's what it comes down to, I think. I'm going to make a prediction and I'm, I'm sure I'll be wrong. But, you know, sometimes people, you know, in, in the past, they look to the future and they would say, oh, we're going to have flying cars, we're going to have this, we're going to have that. We have, mm -hmm. you know, t telephones with, with monitors. I mean, I still don't think, I mean, FaceTime's fine, but it's just for knit stuff. Grandma trying to look at the grandkid or whatever. It, it's in moments, but it's not. People would rather, like, nobody saw texting coming. You know, texting was mm -hmm. this thrown in feature that I think is, like, way, 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 way more used than video phone, right? And I think right now we look at virtual reality as this place that's mm -hmm. gonna that we're gonna all be living in. And I'm not a gamer, so I really am kind of speaking out of my ass on this. I know gamers three, but I I somehow don't think that three D is ever really gonna be that. I actually agree with you. I think it's being overblown. 
I, I think, think it's I being think overblown. We yeah, we are we have to the, our senses like we cannot get four senses mm -hmm. from or from one. Like seeing, mm -hmm. we cannot taste, we cannot feel, we cannot right. whatever right. all the others are. Um, I agree. Smell. So we need to be in the real world. And unless, mm -hmm. until virtual reality can give us all five or at least three or mm -hmm. five of the three of the mm -hmm. senses or whatever, it just ain't gonna cut it. Like it, it's just almost like a it's a side thing, but it's not a all yeah. thing. I I I agree. I I think it's hyped now because well, I I play with cryptocurrencies, so it's huge. Like the potential, like that's really one of the major. It's not just bandwidth and smaller pixels it's and you know better graphics it's also the ability to all designate ownership earning potential all both those two aspects right there which are possible because of blockchain and cryptocurrency are hugely enhanced the attractiveness of a virtual reality world because now i can be individual i can have my own things and i can uh, earn money yeah. So there's, uh, you know, that's two huge uh, additional aspects beyond just being entertained or wowed by, wow, look, look what it's like here, that, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I agree because it's, it's the thing right now. It's, people think it's everything. People think, oh, in 10 years, we're not going to, no. I don't, I don't believe that either. No, I don't believe no. that either. I, think it's I, just, I don't want to, I don't want that to be the only thing. No, it, it's a niche thing. And I'll tell you, man, and this is crass. But I swear to God, just seeing a beautiful, not this isn't, I won't make it not crass actually, seeing a beautiful woman just right there, knowing she's right there, you cannot recreate that in, and, and maybe even just say, hey, being in, in, on a beautiful, like in, in Africa, looking at this, you know, majestic landscape, you know, with the sunset, mountains and animals and, like being there has got to be different than just being there. And even if you, even if it feels as real visually, the rest, man, there's an energy in place. Places have an energy that you can't, people have an energy you cannot recreate in some virtual world. As far as I can conceive of things, I agree with you. Yeah. But it might be beyond our conception. No, and I might, agree. How they might recreate it. Because you know what, Paul? You're not really right here. I'm watching a a, a audio visual representation of you mm -hmm. on this monitor. You're not here. Um, no, I know no, that you know, it, the, I, don't get me wrong. The I know that it represents part, you, so it's good enough. Yes, but the communication But it's not part, the same. But it's not yeah, the same. It's not the same. As, we're, as we're, being in the room with you. You're right. We're communicating. It's like me trying to, you know, be on a virtual date and, you know, watch a Netflix what movie or TV show together. Like, we don't watch together, but it ain't the same. It just didn't say, you know. Um, no, you're right. But yeah, but you're, but there is a, a only. A, I can only conceptualize so far. I mm -hmm. conceptualize. I extrapolate what exists. I cannot extrapolate what does not currently exist. You know. So who could mm -hmm. who could have thought of you know? Well, I mean, and the, the, we should probably end right after this. But what if you went back to 1995 and talked to us, and then what now exists that we could not have? seen coming i mean because phone everything about a phone 
like we that's nothing about the iPhone is that hard to think. Oh yeah, okay, we got all our stuff on this phone. Okay. I think I think the idea of streaming and and, and this isn't a great example because there were certainly plenty of people who did see this coming, but I didn't see it coming. So if you'd have told me in '95 when I was like 14, mm-hmm. hey, you're gonna have something in your pocket that you can watch any pretty much any video on you want. Mm-hmm. And it's going to look great. It's going to look better than the TV you have in your living room. But what I, mean, I would no, have said, let, no, 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 no. But let me rephrase. I think that if they told you, you wouldn't be able to conceptualize it. You know, like, yes, it seems like how could that happen? But I have the concept of a phone and a TV and a small TV. Like I could conceptually think, OK, well, somehow technology will have it to where we can watch it on our phone. Because, I mean, like little TVs and stuff like if you told me it, I say, OK, I could imagine it but what now i mean social media is probably the but yeah but we can commun- i don't i mean i don't know if there's been something that's been invented that we could not have that, that would have blown our minds i think for me honestly the biggest thing that blew my mind out of all the technology i've seen was napster was being mm-hmm. able to share music mm-hmm. like the concept of group of sharing as a group and bypassing the music land or Sam Goodies or whatever, bypassing that, yeah. I kind of that was the thing for me that just blew my mind. And I, and I think you, you maybe that in MySpace. Like so, I guess, I guess the end of the, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I don't even know if I'm asking the question right. I don't think there's been something that's just Bob. You know, you know what blows a lot of people's minds in '95 when you told them you're going to be shopping for shoes online. They'd have all said, "Hell no." I try yeah. my shoes on. Thank you very much. And groceries and everything. Yeah. Am- you know, Amazon. Well. I think Amazon's good because no one thought that. I mean, these are people, investors, you know, they were they were reluctant to give, I believe, to Amazon because they just didn't think people would buy clothes online Yeah. because you need to try them on. Yeah, that might be. It's so all kind of fantastical thoughts, but I do think that that's just such a change in the the. the well, actually, shit, all this internet stuff. Is, the, the internet in general has been the biggest change. Everything else has been almost this linear growth. Movies, mm-hmm. TV, like all this linear growth. It's like it's changed, but it's just come from this telephone. But A money that's not government-backed. Yeah. A non-government money. That's another one. Lab-grown meat. Yeah, but it's kind of... that. I, I, You know, I... I think, man, Bitcoin, man, I think there's going to be, there's going to be a big, oh yeah, there's going to be some big thing involving Bitcoin in the next decade that is going to be on, I think it's going to be cataclysmic. I don't know for good, for bad, whatever, there's going to be something, it could be, yeah, something's going to happen. Bitcoin is kind of existing in this side reality. And at some point, it's going to bump up against real reality, and there's going to be a reckoning. Because, yeah. Anyway, so we're going to start the pod. You ready? <laughs> I did just look up to make sure we we're recording, you know, because yeah, but yeah, we're, we're good. So, well, well anything look, that this is a let, let's wrap this up, and then maybe you know, we never got off. to Bill Jones or John Oliver. No, I think that maybe maybe it's okay, you know, it's okay. We'll 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 have we'll have plenty of Bill Jones to talk about um, 
here soon. So, well, let, let's go and sign off for this. This has been a good, good conversation. I've had had fun. So, once again, thanks for for shooting the shit with me, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. Same here. Okay. See you.